You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. everybody well all the women perhaps not all the men but happy day to you guys so good to have you with us I want to say a very special welcome to my mum who's with us this morning and my brother who came all the way from Sydney to celebrate Mother's Day with my mum that's pretty special I live 20 minutes away but still I'm you're you're probably still the favorite child it's fine no, my mum doesn't have favourites. But my mum, it's really special to have you here. I'm so glad that you could come, both of you, today. And thanks, Pastor Rach. That was such an incredible uh, word, testimony that she brought before. And such a, it's just incredible the way that God works through her um, today, has worked through her today. And for every one of you who feels anything that she had um, given us this morning anything that she spoke about this morning, then we are believing with you and praying with you on this day, and we love you very much. And, um, yeah, it was just a beautiful thing. You know, I preached on Mother's Day last year, and I always feel like when I'm about to preach on Mother's Day, my qualification for this gets very tested. So a few weeks ago, uh, Charlotte was on camp, so she had a two-night camp. First time she had been away. That was fine. I was, I was totally happy to let her go. But when Charlotte was away, Maddie, my beautiful five-year-old, she is the one who would normally, like, push my buttons and drive me to the end of myself. And she is my spirited girl. Let's just call her that. And I love her very much. She's got so much character. And... For some reason, though, when Charlotte goes away, she becomes the most well-behaved, perfect child, cannot find fault, so amicable, no fighting, no, obviously that's easy because there's no one to fight with, although she does fight with me when Charlotte's around too, so no, no fighting, no hitting, no kicking, no arguing, she's just like the perfect child. I don't know why. Anyway, I'm about to pick Charlotte up. On the day she came back and I said to Mads, darling, you know, I love you so much and I'm so proud of the way that you have been the last couple of days. Like, you haven't fought with us, you've been so helpful, you're you're just such a beautiful person to be around when Charlotte's not here. And I said, so do you think maybe you could be like that, like, all the time? And she said, stopped and she thought for a minute and she goes, mum, do you wish you never had Charlotte? I'm like, oh, we've still got some work to do there, babe. (laughs) Little rascal. Oh, my, she's very funny. Definitely still some work to do. But the reality is that we are all a work in progress, right? From the very youngest to the very oldest. Our journey into the life of freedom that we have been talking about in the spirit of God is a continuing one. But it's not one that we need to rush because the Holy Spirit is not in a rush, unlike the rest of us who are. He is patiently waiting for us to grab a hold of the, of the quiet whisper or perhaps the loud roar in our hearts that 
is asking us to walk with him into the future that we have for us together. Today, I am going to share with you some of my journey as a daughter of God. It is not your typical Mother's Day message. It is, which I've, I think I said last year as well. Sorry about that, everybody. But anyway, but the message of a real mum and a woman of God. Are we right with that? Right. My prayer is that you would all be encouraged in this message and perhaps challenged as I have been. So the scripture that we're going to look at today is from 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 and 18. And we started to look at this a little bit last week with Pastor Keith and Pastor Mel out at Northwest. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Today, Lord God, I pray that you would just speak through me. I pray that every heart, Lord, would be open to what you want to say. And Lord, that this would be a moment in time, Lord God, that we can look back on and know that you have spoken clearly to us and that we would walk away changed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And I don't have to pray for the jets or anything because that's all done now. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that it's done. (laughs) Sorry they lost, everybody. They were, and here we go. That'll be the next prayer that the people come to justice because they were robbed or something. <laughs> we love you, Pastor Nate. So the NIV at the end of that says, if we look at the NIV, that was the NLT. The NIV says that we are tra- being transformed into His image, and transformation can feel like an ominous thing. I don't know about you, but I have. B- been continually trying to transform my thinking about exercise. I'm sure some of you can relate. So one day I decided Charlotte is a pretty good runner. She liked, she wanted to train for cross country and I'm like, yep, sure, no problem, we can do that. So I said to her, I'm not going to be able to run after work because I don't like running after work because I've eaten and I don't know how people can do that. But anyway, so we're going to have to do it one morning before school, before everything starts. So she's like, yep, no problem. So I wake the girls up at 6 a.m. and we get up and we get dressed. It took us ages, by the way. But anyway, that's just part of the joy. We get raced down to Spears Point Park. It's still pretty dark. And so we start our run. It started poorly. Uh, Strava wouldn't work. So I couldn't. Yeah, exactly. It means it didn't happen. No, I really wanted to know how far we'd gone because I didn't want to have to go further than we had to. So... (laughs) Look, that's why I use Strava people, for no other reason. So, Strava wasn't working, so I couldn't work out how to make it all happen. So, I eventually got, I think it was started to work, and so we started our run. Now, remember, five-year-old, nine-year-old. Nine-year-old likes running, five-year-old wants to stay in bed and be warm. Five-year-old, I'm like running her with me and I'm literally dragging her. She's crying because she doesn't want to be out at six o'clock in the morning running. So I'm dragging her along with me, trying to like get her moving. Charlotte's like sprinting ahead because she cross country, take it slow girl. No, she wants to just get to the end. So she's like going ahead and I'm like, Charlotte, come back a bit and, you know, dragging Maddie along. Yeah, this is great. I'm running past the guy who's doing the personal training with the ladies in the rotunda thing. And he's like, oh, look at this superstar mom bringing her kids out to get them running. And I'm thinking to myself, trying to like pulling my tummy and look a bit better. And, you know, I do this all the time thinking in my head, buddy, you're never seeing me here again. Not ever. This is the worst day of my life. But... (laughs) 
So I'm dragging her along. It was like the worst thing ever. So eventually I just said, Charlotte, you're going to have to go ahead because I can't keep Maddie dragging along. She's crying and basically said that she's dying and she can't go any further. And so I just say, Charlotte, just go ahead. We go back to a path and I make Charlotte run up and down it. I think we're at two kilometres. I'm pretty sure we maybe scraped one, perhaps. But it was just the worst morning. Anyway, meanwhile, later on that day, I send the girls to school. Charlotte, Maddie comes home with a raging temperature, was obviously unwell, and good old mum got her out of bed early in the morning to transform our thinking about exercise instead of transforming it. I'm scarred for life. But anyway, that's what mums do, right? <laughs> so, needless to say... My transformation in the area of exercise has not worked, is not currently working. But the good thing is that there are other areas in my life that God is transforming and I can see evidence of. So I'm going to share with you about those ones today. Maybe next time it will be about exercise. But I am learning that this, this season, this journey of transformation that I've been on in the last nine months feels like it's going to take forever. But as I look back and see where God has brought me from, I'm astounded at how far I've come. In October last year, I'm going to get pretty real with you today, so get prepared. In October last year, I got to a point where I felt like I was falling apart. I felt like everything had ju was just crumbling before me. I was so consumed with the expectations of others, the expectations I placed on myself, the need to feel approved, to prove myself competent and worthy, dealing with feelings of failure and becoming increasingly unhappy, negative and critical of everything. I couldn't really see the good. I couldn't work out how to get out of it. And I genuinely loved God. I had a genuine relationship with him. I was doing everything that I thought I could possibly do to be a good Christian, to be a good person, but I knew that there was something deep within me that wasn't satisfied there, that needed something more, that knew that God had more for me than feeling like I was feeling. There were still parts of me that needed a transformation. In that beautiful item that we heard before, the words in the bridge say, when I thought I lost me, you knew where I left me. You reintroduced me to your love. You picked up all my pieces and put me back together. All of the pieces that I felt were broken and jumbled, I felt had to be slowly picked back up by the Creator and put back together in a way that truly reflected who I was and who God was. And that was a pretty horrific process because I just felt so broken. I knew that there was a better version of me, though, the one that he fully intended me to live. Two areas that, of the deep work that God was doing I'm going to share with you today, and they are in the area of expectations and approval. So I'm going to start with the hardest one, expectations. We all have them. In fact, it's really healthy to have expectations. They create anticipation, they create security, they create boundaries. They're a natural part of existing as a person. I expect that the sun will rise tomorrow. Valid. I expect that people will obey the road rules. I expect my kids will speak nicely to me. Maybe we're pushing that one. 
I expect my husband is going to make an awesome kitchen for me. And he did. I expect things of myself as well. I expect that I will work diligently. They're just a few examples. But I want to talk to you today about another type of expectation, the expectations that we carry around that are not healthy. And for me, I began a journey of reshaping those unhealthy expectations and thoughts that I had about myself, what I did and who I was. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says, in regards to those who truly follow Christ, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. But some of my thought patterns and my expectations were still caught up in the old. They were still caught up in the old way of thinking, in this old mindset that I had about who I was, and really who God was as well. And hadn't fully begun to walk in the nature, the true nature of who I was as a new person. So I was busy trying to meet and fulfill all of these expectations, both those I had put on myself, those I felt had been imposed on me, that I lost who I was under the weight of expectation. The thing with unhealthy expectations is that they can result when unmet in disappointment, disillusionment, criticism, pain, fear, all of these things can be what they amount to, guilt and condemnation when they are not met. And the three areas that I want to look at, that I was looking at were the expectations of others, expectations, those are the expectations that we put on other people in our world, including God, that are unrealistic and based on perception rather than truth and grace like expecting God to fix our financial problems when we are not good stewards, or expecting our friends to drop everything and help us when they have their own important things happening. The other, another area is perceived expectations placed on us by other people. Expectations that no matter what we do, we will not be able to meet, and we assume that the other people have for us, like assuming that our employer will still want us to get a job done if we are at home, sick, in bed all week. We're never going to be able to meet that expectation. And the other one is expectations of ourselves. When we place expectations on ourselves that we can't fulfill, wonder why we get anxious and angry when we don't, like expecting that we can keep life balanced and perfect at all times, no matter what or that we will never make a mistake. It's really important for us to work out where these ex expectations stem from when they're not realistic or if they're unhealthy. So I worked out that I'm over-responsible and a perfectionist. Awesome combination, that one. You know, responsibility is not bad. But when I start to take responsibility for other people's decisions, other people's choices, other people's responses, and wonder why things are not working out, that becomes unhealthy for me. And perfectionism, well, we're being transformed. We are not instantly transformed. So if God doesn't expect me to be perfect, then why should I expect myself to be perfect or anybody else? I think I never really knew what it felt like to be a child of God, accepted as I am. I thought God and others expected more from me than I could give. I was too busy doing things, working for him, and I forgot how to love the life that he has given me. 
I had too many people to worry about, too much to do. I was overwhelmed and debilitated. I really wanted to know the freedom that other people experienced, but I didn't feel like that was for me. I didn't know how to get there. My heart was saying, that's where I want to go, but my head was going, there's no way you can get there. This is just who you are. You've just got to deal with it. You've got to cope with it. I read a quote, uh, I read a book while I was um, going through this called Presence Over Perfect. And it was an incredible book for me. And there was a quote that I want to read. This could have been written about me. People called me tough and capable. I was someone they could count on. They are all nice things, kind of, but they are not the same as loving, kind or joyful. I believed work would save me, make me happy, that if I absolutely wore myself out, happiness would be waiting for me on the other side of all that work. But it wasn't. On the other side was just more work, more expectation, more responsibility. I'd trained a whole group of people to know that I would never say no, I would never say this is too much, I would never ask for more time or more space, I would never bow out, and so they would keep on asking. I was everybody's responsible girl. I think as women and as men, although I can't say from experience, we have expectations placed on us all the time. And they are formed in us from many different places and in many different ways. There is often the expectation as women to be the best mother, wife, friend, a mounting pressure by society to have a successful career and keep the house perfect, healthy dinners on the table, while all the while juggling kids, parties, sometimes finances, maybe a second job or, a family, or family members who need help. And I definitely had an expectation that everything in my world needed to be perfect that I had to have everything sorted, that my kids would be going well, that they'd be happy and healthy, that my husband was happy and healthy, that my house looked good all the time, that, and that was never happening, so that was a really hard expectation to meet. But that I was doing my job well, that I was being a good pastor, that I was being a good friend, that all of these things were lining up perfectly, that I could always be there for anybody who needed me, and Forget about myself because why, I can't do anything for myself because I need to like, be there for everybody else. And so getting all the more weighted down on. With the expectations that we are living under or with, when they become too weighty to bear, then we are not actually being true to God. In Matthew, it tells us, Matthew eleven twenty eight. it tells us that when we are walking with God, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So when it is not, when things are not light, when things are not working the way that we think they should be, and we've got this weight of expectation like weighing us down, then we aren't being true to who God has called us to be, to the way that God wants us to walk out our life with him. We're carrying around a weight of expectation. God wants us to be free from unhealthy expectations today. Do you have an expectation that everything must always be perfect, no room for failure? Do you have an expectation that you need to say yes to everyone or you will let them down, regardless of the detrimental effect it's having on you, your family, or your relationship with God? Do you have an expectation that you can't take time for yourself because everybody is more important or there are always things to do? They were some of my expectations that I was carrying unhealthy, unsubmitted to God. 
I expected that God would just make it work because I am who I am and I should be able to cope with this. Are our expectations so weighty that we can't see clearly? And do they line up with the word of God? The important thing is that we recognize when our expectations have become unhealthy or unrealistic. And for me, it took a very long time, a very long time. I'm like, I could say years. And it got me to a point where I was practically at breaking point, where I didn't feel like I had anywhere else to go and my world was about to crumble. But verse 17 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Are we allowing the expectations in our lives to be submitted to the Holy Spirit, to be influenced by the Holy Spirit? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so therefore, if we can allow the Spirit of God to come and be a part of those areas in our world, those expectations that we have, those expectations we are carrying, then we will see freedom. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Are we allowing the Spirit of God into those places? We may not have even realized that we need to. Well, I'm asking you today to stop and ask yourself that question. Is there an area in my life that I have expectations that are unhealthy or unrealistic and are they submitted to God? The other really big area for me was approval. And it is linked to expectation, I will say. I sought approval for what I was doing. And when approval didn't come externally, I felt like... I was failing and that I was not a successful person. More often than not, my motivation for doing things was to find approval. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to fit in. And so what I did was important to me, not just in my work, but in my life. I cared about what others thought. So I would stress out when I thought someone might be offended by something that I had said, or I would get upset with myself when I thought that somebody was thinking poorly of me. But if we go back to 2 Corinthians 3 and read that scripture again, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. I wanted to reflect God well. I wanted to reflect his image. But I realized when I was not okay in October that my greatest fear was that if I showed weakness, then I wouldn't reflect God well. That if I showed people that I was not okay and that I wasn't doing as well as I thought I should be, they would see that God wasn't all he was cracked up to be. You're a Christian. Hey, you're a pastor. And you're not going well? Well, you're God. Can't be that good, can he? And that was my biggest fear. I wanted their approval not just of me, but also of God of of God. I felt God say to me during this time, I can look after myself. I know. That was a really big deal for me. (laughs) Those little words. God reminded me, He doesn't need me to protect him. He doesn't need me to get to find people to, that he can be approved by. 
He can look after himself. Further to that, I had a mentor say to me, we need people to walk weakness well. We need people who will show us that when things are not great in life, your relationship with God doesn't change. This speaks more about more to people than going through life with a perfect image because that's not real. At Presence Conference this year, Jensen Franklin shared a message on the first night which has propelled me even further on this road to transformation and his message was titled, Stop Judging Yourself Unworthy. For some reason, while I was seeing and seeking approval, I was judging myself unworthy. I was unworthy to be in the position I was, unworthy to be valued as a friend, mum, wife, whatever it was. So in order to prove myself worthy, I strived to be worthy. I sought approval. I did things for God, for people, because I figured I could prove to God and others and myself that I was worthy of love that I was worthy of value and respect. And to complicate it all, that I, th- I then thought that that was what was expected of me and what I expected of myself. To fill the gaps, to make people happy, to make things happen. All the while, I was doing this without God. For him, yes. But with him, no. I am a competent and independent woman and God created me like that. But he did not create me to do life independent of him. He created me to do life with him, submitted to him. We do it better when we are with him. What I do becomes more effective when I do it with him. So there were a lot of pieces that I felt like were on the floor. And slowly but surely God has been picking up those pieces and putting them back together but where does this take us? Philippians 4, 11 to 13 says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You know, in this context, Paul is talking about finances. He's talking to the church and thanking them for his support of him. But the underlying key here is one that we can apply to any situation. And that is that I have learned the secret of being content in every situation. In, in Philippians 4.4, 4, Paul says, Rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice while he is sitting in prison. And then he says in verse 8, the God of peace will be with you. He's still in prison. Paul knew who God was, no matter where he was or what was going on. And God was still the same, the defender of his heart. He was still the same God, picking up the pieces and putting them together. He was still the same God who healed. He was still the same God who was powerful. He was still the same God who brought peace. He was still the same God who we could rejoice. He was still the same God no matter what. It didn't matter whether he was had heaps or he had nothing. Good situation, bad situation. God was God and Paul knew that. The challenges that we face and we do face them, The challenges we face in our marriages, with our kids, in our health, in our jobs, matter not in regard to the settledness 
that we find within. I have found, it took a while, but I have found that when I allow God to reshape my unhealthy expectations, when I realise that my value comes in who I am, not who I think I should be or what I do, or whether others approve or not, or whether I meet their expectations, that I can find contentment in that. In every season, in every circumstances, good and bad, I can be content. I found a quote by Stephen Furtick that says, being content doesn't mean I won't experience disappointment. It means I won't be defined by it. The settledness of my life, the settledness of my soul is not found or lost in the circumstances surrounding me. The settledness of my soul comes from knowing who I am and who I was created to be. Knowing that as I walk with God, as I am being continually transformed, that God has got this. He's got me and I don't need to concern myself with the things that don't concern me. With or without approval, no matter who expects what, I am content. But it is not in my own strength that I do it. It's submitted and fully reliant on the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about being free from something and free to something. And I really wrestled with this with God to work out what I was free from and what I was free to. And it was just so clear to me in the end, I'm free from unhealthy expectation and approval and free to live content in every circumstance and every season. I want to ask you today, what expectations can you let go of that will release you and free you to be content in this season of yourself, of others, of God? What approval are you seeking that you need to let go of and trust God with? You might be sitting here today thinking, that's great, Jez, good for you, but that's not for me. I'm, I, it's, I'm not going to find contentment in my circumstance. I want to challenge you to say that you can today. No matter what we are experiencing, the truth of the Word of God, the keys that we apply to our life are still the same. We are being transformed to reflect His glory. We can know the secret of being content no matter what. We do, can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. I wish that I could click my fingers and that we would all know and experience that perfectly right now. But I can't. I've had to go on a journey and so will you your own journey with God. But I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is going to highlight areas in your life that He wants to just pinpoint. So maybe it's expectations, maybe it's approval, that He is going to ask you to surrender afresh to Him. Give back to Him, submit them back to Him, taking a few steps in the right direction, knowing that this is our truth at all times. We have a church full of independent and competent women and I love that. So my question to the women today, because this is Mother's Day, is are you doing life with God or independent of Him? I'm not questioning whether you have a relationship with Him or whether you love Him, but they are also important to know. My question is, are you walking with Him or trying to do it all by yourself? Are you waking up every morning doing this hand in hand with God or are you just trying to make it through? I can do all thing, this through Him who gives me strength. However strong you feel now, 
I can, you know, I can do this without God. I can tell you that you will be so much stronger when you take your strength from Him. I want to pray over all the women today. So ladies, would you stand for me? All the girls and the girls, doesn't matter if you're not a mum, stand up, Collins, girls, you beautiful things. I just want to pray over us today. Lord, we thank you that you are our Father and that we can come to you as daughters with all our imperfections and challenges, that you embrace us and love us as we are. I thank you that we are being transformed into your image and that you will show us the areas that we are being too harsh with ourselves on, the areas we have unhealthy expectations, places we are seeking approval that we don't need to, and instead that we would commit ourselves to knowing the truth about ourselves from the very one who created us. Where we are doing life independent of you, help us to submit our lives afresh, to rely on your strength which makes us strong. I declare contentment in the seasons we find, us, find ourselves in. Increase trust in you and your plans for us. Would you bless every woman here today on Mother's Day? Show them how valuable and amazing they are and let us, the women of this house, spur each other on as we are transformed more and more into the image of God within. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.